Are you the kind of gal who isn't interested in how things used to be in the hair industry, who wants to hear from ladies who are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. Hello, today is a very special episode. Today we have Sandra Williamson on the show. Sandra is the founder of Edit Hair Studio in Puerto Rico. Edit is inspired by Sandra's passion for art, music, and all things creative. It's evident in every little detail that has been handpicked and designed with love. But one thing you don't know about Edit is that back in September of 2017, two Category 5 hurricanes, Hurricane Irma and Maria, hit Puerto Rico and devastated the area. It is regarded now as the worst natural disaster on record since 2004. At its peak, the hurricane caused catastrophic destruction and total losses estimated upwards of $91 billion. Today, we will be talking with Sandra about what it was like putting her life and business back together after total devastation. Hi, Sandra. Thank you so much for coming on and opening up about your journey. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So as a small business owner myself, I know how hard it is to get your business off the ground. And then in a mere few months, you had to start over. Yeah. um, I, I opened my studio in May of 2017. And, um, then that that same year, right, I'm, I don't I don't even know if I have the dates right. <laughs> right. Yeah, 2017. 2017. No, like life after Maria, Maria kind of messes with you. <laughs> um, no, so I did, did open them in May, and then that same year is when the the hurricanes hit. I know you were probably just finding your groove as a new business owner, and then boom. Yeah. I opened up my studio because um, there there aren't many places like small studios here in Puerto Rico. It's like a new concept that that hasn't reached its boom in Puerto Rico. I'm fortunate to have my sister, which is a hairstylist. She has her salon in New York. And um, I've traveled a lot. And I've seen how in the States, there's this big boom of small, small suites, um, studio spaces where hairstylists can just be more creative. And there wasn't any spaces like that for me here in Puerto Rico. So I decided to open up my own small studio. Just I started out with one chair in Sundersit Pop, which is uh, for small businesses. They originally only had for like designers and um, coffee shops. And I had to like present my proposal to them of having a small boutique um, studio. And um, they accepted me and then... I started out from there, which but that was a challenge on its own of seeing if that would work here in Puerto Rico. If people were into the concept of having this um, small business um, studio, just one hairstylist, I was doing everything. And um, I was actually in the basement of the building in the beginning, which is very tucked away. You can only get through me, get to me through referrals or Instagram. So that's how my business started out. That struggle on its own, seeing if that would work. And then the hurricane hit later. Yeah. So how was it going prior to the hurricane? Was it a concept that people were open to? Was it working? Yes. 
it was going very good. I was um, better than I expected. Um, Santurce is more of like an artsy place, artsy part of, of Puerto Rico. So a lot of people are looking for um, alternatives to even just buying coffee shops, buying more local. Um, so the, the spot that I picked actually was like a good spot to start out. But only people could go to, like, they, they couldn't see me from the street. I had no sign out. And um, I just started out through Instagram or referrals. So it was nice because it's kind of like a way to. Right. Yeah. You got to kind of try and have a soft opening and see how the concept worked without being on a billboard and just less stress. Yeah. Yes. And it, it was going, it was going good before Maria hit. So if you were going to title your story, with one of these three quotes, which would you choose? Number one, the art of rebuilding and tips on how to start over. Don't be afraid to start over. It's a brand new opportunity to rebuild what you truly want. And three, sometimes we must break completely in order to rebuild fully. Trust your ability to transform. Wow, I like all three of them. <laughs> I know, right? Um, I guess probably I'll pick the third. That's what I was thinking. I kind of got misty-eyed reading this. <laughs> I just felt like that one was that one called to me. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess the third. So after the hurricane hit, we had no electricity. Um, I'd say until until the end of November is when the building the building got electricity got their electricity back. Um, since I am in the basement, I use a water pump to for my water to go up to the sewer. But without electricity, um, I was I had to figure out a way that so I could move my shampoo bowl up to the first floor. Because what I did was, okay, they had like a small storefront where they're using it as um, storage. And it was actually, uh, it's the stairs to the third floor. And on the third floor, there was, uh, there's a big a door to an elevator, an old elevator. This is like an old building in Santurce. So what I did was I opened up that door and then I would get a wind from the third floor down to the, to the stairway where the, the, the storefront is. And then I would have natural light. And I set up shop there just to, just to be doing something so I wouldn't go crazy until the electricity back. How much light was that? It doesn't sound like it would be very much. It was coming from the street. It was good enough to work during daytime. Like as soon as um, around four o'clock, it was too dark for me to work. Wow. So I had a limited hours to work. I was working, I guess, from 10 to 3 or 9 to 3, I think, were my working hours. Because after that, the streets weren't safe either, either for, you, for, for you to be around at nighttime. So I actually was able to move my shampoo bowl to the second floor and did like some fixed mix plumbing just to get something working and actually I started I was washing hair for free because a lot of people didn't have running water um, I was doing a lot of braids just to uplift people's spirits and I was actually just doing color and cuts and if they wanted a braid I would her out with the braid because you weren't able to blow dry hair no I wasn't able to blow dry hair <laughs> oh my god yeah but people were so happy just to be doing something yeah. You know, everyone needed their to get their their mind off of the hectic day-to-day, -day, which was 
how are you going to eat? How are you going to get gas? Um, yeah. It was, it was a nice experience. And I, I, I like decorated very pretty people, people that were new didn't know that that wasn't my spot. They loved it. <laughs> really? Yeah. I was talking to Marion last night and her friends and we were talking about the hurricane and the generators and the noise of the generators yeah. and the lines to get gas that were hours long. And they were explaining to me how dark it was and they used a Spanish term. It was as dark as a wolf's mouth or something like that. And I said, wow, I do not know what that means, but it sounds intense. Just they were painting this picture of what it was really like. Well, in the beginning, um, we were, I I think I was like two weeks without signal on my phone. Um, I have T-Mobile. AT&T was the first one to start running up. And I would have to have meetups with my best friend that did have AT&T so I can get in contact with my sister. She was in New York. She was freaking out. Um, when um, everything was completely dark, they had um, curfews that you couldn't be out after certain certain hour just because it wasn't safe, just because everything was pitch black. Um, generators, people that did have generators did have them on. It was very noisy. The fumes, everything was stink. When you go into... I get, I think I had my breaking point is I had, there's a local market near my house and I went in one day, um, and it just stinked everything. You would go to the supermarkets and it was, it would stink of rotten, like rotten food. Yes. And I think that was my breaking point when I actually broke down and cried the first time. So I want to ask you, you had a sister in New York. She has a salon. A lot of people in your shoes would say the easy thing to do is to leave and to go work there. What made you stay and what made you rebuild your business? Um, I had just opened up my business and it was my baby and I didn't want to abandon it. You know, I was, I had a vision on doing something new and different here in Puerto Rico and I really wanted to stay true to it. And I knew that the first two weeks that I, that I did open up just cutting hair, I did the first, it was very heartbreaking. The two first two weeks, I was just receiving clients that were leaving. And it was very, I'm sorry, I'm getting cheered up now. No, I am too. <laughs> it was hard, you know, saying bye to so many people. Um, just having to say bye to so many people when I was scared. And I, and I actually, one of my last clients, which I adored, I was crying with her and and I'm like, I'm scared because everyone's leaving who I'm going to stay with. And she, was, she told me, um, she said, Sandra, don't worry. There's a lot of hairstylists that are leaving too. <laughs> so the people that are staying behind aren't going to be without hairstylists. And um, that was true. And it's, a, it's kind of a sweet bitterness. You know, um, I did have a lot of new clients that were looking for a hairstylist that their, their hairstylist had left. And they were looking for that. You know, because you know, you do make connections with your with your clients. I think that's and- a testament to the fact that in all of this chaos and this destruction, that the relationships that you had built, that they all wanted to say bye to you. Yeah, yeah, they did. They did. It was it was bittersweet. It was hard. You know, having to say to yeah. bye to so many people. Yeah, but I think you bring up a really good point about fear and that staying true to your vision. And everyone is saying, go abort the mission. What are you thinking? Why are you staying? 
the fear had to be so intense and to stay true to who you were, you had to have this vision and you had this plan. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to get there, but you had a plan. And they all, they always say that all successful entrepreneurs, they take the first jump without seeing where they're going to land. And that is literally what you did, but on steroids. It was, it was, it was not easy at all. It was, um, cause I like, I, I had to rebuild everything. I had to start all over again. I had, um, a lot of, like I said, a lot of my clients left. So I had to rebuild a clientele. Um, I did during that time make very good connections with entrepreneurs in other industries. Like we stuck together and we helped each other out, which was a beautiful moment during, during this time, a lot of people did come together to help each other out, which is something beautiful that can happen out of disasters. And I made very good friends. Um, I had a, I met um, Valeria from Lentejuela. She has a, a store, a beauty clothing store. And um, she had electricity that would come and go. And I would do pop-ups at her store just so I could blow dry people's, my client's hair. And she was the sweetest and she didn't charge me anything. She was just wanted to help everyone. So I started doing pop-ups at her store, um, which people would just go for me to like cut and cut and blow dry their hair. And um, no, it was, it was a, it was a, it's a hard moment, but, but I did have a very nice community of, of entrepreneurs that we had each other's back. <laughs> After the hurricane, um, I went back down to my space again in December and then in December, I did get sick and I had to get an operation, which I totally blame on Maria. Yeah, I mean, you can blame her. You get to blame her for some, yeah, something. Um, and then I blame her. <laughs> no. um, I had to get an operation in December, but then I, I was, I, I don't like to not be doing anything. So I just took a week off and then I went back to work because it was in December, Christmas season, high season. And then um, in... Uh, let me see. This was in June. I expanded where I got the three 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 chairs in, and then that's when um, Marianne came in. And then I have my I have Josephine, which is an independent hairstylist, but so she rents out a chair from me. She came to start working with me, and then I would always envision my space to be small, but um, a space for independent hairstylists because there's not any spaces available here for independent hairstylist where it's off a rental chair or just giving hairstylist space to create. So did you end up moving or expanding? I did expand. It's in the same building, but it's on the first floor now, which I don't have to worry about the water pump or if I don't, if the electricity goes out. Um, Sounds like a cool evolution. You had established that in the first few months that this was the right spot the vibe was up your alley. The location was great. Yeah. Um, so Santurce Pop is a, it's a, it's a nice building. They have, I have parking, which is gold in Santurce because it's not a lot of parking around Santurce. Um, it has parking. And then I'm on the street level, the main street, Ponce Leon, which is like a, it's a busy street. I personally um, don't, I, 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 it was okay if I was on the street level or not, just because the way my business works, I don't mind being that exposed because I do work by appointment. Yeah, that's how I feel. I love being tucked away. Yeah. I did expand in 
March, March 1st of March was the, was my first day working upstairs. Um, I have more chairs for rental and I have, um, a spot for manicure, pedicure. And, um, I do have a little shop in the front, which I do. I, when I'm, what I was doing the first month was every Saturday I did a pop-ups with my clients. Actually, I have a lot of talented entrepreneur clients that have stores, um, they have um, jewelry lines. And then what I was doing was I wasn't charging them. Just it's, It was kind of like my thank you to all my clients of helping me get through everything to, to be able to create my dream was to have um, just a little bigger space. Not that much bigger, just a little bit bigger. <laughs> oh, it looks so great. Yeah. And as far as rebuilding and having to dig your heels in and start over... What skills or traits would you say that you had you had or needed to develop and tap into in order to make this work? The word I keep thinking of is perseverance. It, yeah, yeah. Um, in the moment when you're going through everything, I guess I never really took a break to realize what I was going through. Um, it was more a fight mode. You get into this fight mode. You get into this mode of just surviving and... To me, it was like, I woke up and it was like, okay, well, I don't have electricity. What can I do? Okay, now my water, I can't do shampoo bowls. Now what am I going to do? It was it was figuring problem solving. Um, I didn't really take a moment to sit down and feel sorry for myself. Because in, in hindsight, I was okay compared to a lot of people. You know, I, I, I was lucky enough to stay at my my in-laws house for the first month that they did have a generator um that has its own struggles in its own (laughs) yeah I heard that people that didn't have generators they had neighbors that would give them resources that they had or you could pay them a small amount and that they would help you with with water or cooking and that the community did really band together in a beautiful way. Everyone, yeah. Everyone did come together. You know, when you don't have electricity, you don't have much to do. So everyone's, you you started meeting people that you were your neighbors for a couple of years already, you know, like um, all the kids, it was, it was pretty, it was kind of nice at the same time. You see all the kids playing in the street and all the kids were playing in the street. They took out their bikes. They were, they were playing hide and seek. And it was, um, you know, we don't see that anymore just because electronics, you know. Um, it sounds brutal, yet beautiful, all strung together. You have to find the beauty just to survive, Unbelievable. There were a lot of people that were sick. You know, there were a lot of elderly people that needed to get out of Puerto Rico. Children, it wasn't safe for babies or anyone that... that could, you know, get, get contagious. It's like, there was so many people that were in a much worse place than I was in, so I was okay. That's how I got through everything, was I could have been much worse. My house only, um, the only thing that happened to my house was in my backyard, the wall fell down because a tree fell on it. That was the only thing that happened, but my house, per se, nothing happened to it. I had no flooding. Um, so I had everything, that I needed. So I was, I was okay. I actually tried to, it took me, it took, honestly, it took me a little bit to try to reach out and help other people 
just because I think I was gathering my own strength to see what I was going to do for myself and my, my, um, my business. I have a son. Um, so, but, and then I, when I was able to, I started reaching out to other, um, cities and, and going out and, and, um, giving food and water. Um, my, my partner's family is from, from, uh, Barranquitas, which is in the mountains. And um, we would go out and do food runs and bring water to the local community and um, make pizza. Um, we would bring a stove gas and we had everything to make pizza because we had everything to make pizzas for them. So we were making hot pizza for all the, kill, the children and they would come running and being happy just because they were receiving a hot meal. You know, um, we, I did what I could for myself and as much as I could for others. Um, so during this time, you're putting one foot in front of the other. And when you aren't doing that, you're trying to help other people in need. So did you have any self-care during this time? And what did you do for you to manage the stress? Or was it survival mode all the time? Honestly, it was survival mode. And that's why, I'm, that's why I believe that I did get sick. because I believe that too. <laughs> I did not... I was not eating properly. I would eat what I could. Sometimes it would just be bread and salchichas, which is some little sausages, canned sausages, <laughs> um, which is horrible. I don't eat like that. My body wasn't used to that. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't easy to find fresh food, or I didn't have a. I didn't have. I was running on the on the generators, so my actually my my refrigerator did break, and we didn't want to buy a new one because we didn't have electricity yet, so it could break again because of the generator. So we got like a small freezer, and then what we were doing was we would leave it on for a couple of hours, and then that would maintain things cold, but then I had the problem with if I had veggies in there or fruits in there, they would freeze and they would come to mush, so I couldn't eat that later. <laughs> so it was being able to sleep good enough because you were only, you could only sleep a certain amount. It was so hot. <laughs> yeah, loud. I heard the generators were loud. It was loud. The fumes were, it was, it, there were so many fumes because people would put the generators, like most of the people put them in the back of their house. And actually my room is in the back of my house. So the person that had the generator in the back, I couldn't sleep in my room. I would have to sleep, like move my bed out because I just couldn't because of the fumes were so horrible. I mean, you had to sometimes want to give up. It sounds so hard. I did. Um, my sister actually, um, bought me and my son a ticket to go to New York and she didn't buy me a return ticket. She only bought me a one-way ticket. Yeah, that's what Marion did. <laughs> and then, um, I stayed for a week. I stayed for a week. Yeah, it was, it was good. But then when I, when I did go, I did organize a, um, pop-up shop in a local brewery in Brooklyn and then I had all my designer friends to give me merchandise for me to sell for them um, just to try to help out because, like, no one was selling anything because no one was worried about buying jewelry in that moment. So we did, like, we did a pop-up shop over there raising funds. Um, I did sell merchandise for my, for my designer friends. Um, but then that came into thing was, like, everywhere I went, people would ask me, where are you from? And then I would say Puerto Rico. And then everybody like, Oh my gosh. And everybody wanted to talk about the hurricane. And I didn't really, I told my sister, I'm like, I don't want to talk about the hurricane anymore. I just want to, 
about it while I'm here. <laughs> I like something Brene Brown says. She says she shares vulnerably, but not mm-hmm. intimately. So when she shares, she shares things after they've been processed. Yeah. And you really didn't have time to do that. And everyone's telling you, yeah. like, br- like, bring us up to speed. What was it like? And you kind of weren't in a position to, to be that person for people because yeah. you hadn't handled yeah. it in your heart or in your head. No, I went to a, a soul psyching class. <laughs> and um, I just ended up crying, you know, in the dark. She was telling us to do you know, you have to fight and whatever. And then I was like, and then I got out. I'm like, Lori, I didn't realize how, how, how much, what I was in this fight mode, even in New York. She came, she was like, Sana, relax. You're not in Puerto Rico and you can relax. I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. She's like, no, you're not. I know you. I'm like, I'm fine. And then we went to the soul cycle class and I'm like, you're right. I wasn't fine. <laughs> the only thing that would be better is if the instructor was yelling, keep fighting. And you start yelling, I've been fighting. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I always like to imagine really epic breakdowns, but I guess it's really what you needed in that moment is this like cathartic moment. It was, it was, um, it was good for my son too. Um, even though being a, I would have wished to be a child during Maria versus an adult, (laughs) um, just for him to get out of, of that everyday life that we were living he had school without electricity also um they were allowed to go in he wears uniform to school he was uh, able to go in casual clothes shorts because it was so hot yeah you probably couldn't wash his uniform i was washing um the towels from the salon by hand pretend normal so after the hurricane did you take about two weeks to get up and running again roughly um, yeah, it took me about two weeks just for the, the building to, to open because um, they weren't sure if they were going to open or not without electricity. Um, but the people that did have shops in there did want them to open. So they, they opened. And then that's where I was like, okay, what am I going to do? Because I'm in the basement. I can't work here. It's pitch dark. Um, there was actually a flooding. I took everything out of my salon. But there was a flooding and the basement did get flooded. Um, thankfully, I didn't have... The only thing I had there was a shampoo bowl that I couldn't move. But um, um, but it took me about it took me about two weeks to get up and running. Up. Honestly, I really wanted to work just not to go insane. <laughs> yeah, your your coping mechanism was working. Yes, it was. Kind I of think as hairstylists, we can we have this really innate ability to have things going on in our lives and storms in our own situations and it's something that we can check at the door and we put on our hairstylist hat and we show up for other people and it feels really good and I mean you can't do that in lieu of handling your own stuff but it is yeah it is a gift at times yeah something happens on the inside when you change something on the outside yeah Uh, it was me trying to help so what would you say to people I don't want to say that are in similar situations, but are in storms in their lives or in the process of starting over. Is there any words of wisdom you would give someone? Um, I could say just keep your focus on your goal. I What helped me was, honestly, every day work towards my goal. Um, everything I do on a daily basis is 
thinking, is this going to help me or not? Um, what can I do to get to where I want to be? And I obviously didn't want to be in a dark basement. So, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what a metaphor for being in a hard time. It's like mm-hmm. you feel like you're in a dark basement. And in your case, you literally were. Yeah, I literally was in a dark basement. It was trying to, um, honestly, it, during, through all of this did make me stronger. And after, after this, you, you, I believe me, like if I can get through this, I can get through anything. If I can make my business thrive after everything that I've gone through, then I can do anything. And I just need to keep focused on, on that goal, on what's next, on how do I get there? Um, I don't, I'm part of my, my salon is creating a loving environment for the clients as for the hairstylist and keeping it a happy, joyful experience. And what can I do to make this an awesome experience for everyone every day, no matter if I'm in a basement or if I'm in a makeshift hallway, how can I make this in a beautiful experience for everyone that comes in? And I guess um, that's, I, that's, that's what got me through everything was I had a plan. Like I was like, I'm not going to let Maria ruin my plan. I'm going to get to where I want to get to. Yeah, that is so inspirational. I feel like people have different things in their lives that are stopping them. And I really feel like people are going to connect with this and be like, why would I let this one person deter me from my dream or this one situation? When I look at your story, I think it's so inspirational. Thank you. Thank you. And I would say that, like, to anyone going through anything, like, keep your eye on the gold. Keep your heart where it should be. And don't let anything or anyone stop you from getting to where you want to go. There's always a way to get there. Just maybe a little hard to get there, but you will get there. One of the undertones of all of my interviews has really been staying flexible on how you get to where you want to be. It sounds like you didn't get to edit at all how you thought you would. No, no, not at all. Not even from the beginning. Um, No. And there are points of frustration where you're like, what am I doing? Why am I keep on doing this? But then, then, then you have those days where you, that aha, this is why, (laughs) this is why I'm doing this. And, and, um, I guess I have more, more better days than bad days. And, um, my son is a super inspiration to me on me being an inspiration to him him showing him that you can get through anything. As long as you work hard enough, you can get through anything. Okay, so you're where you are now, and it is such an accomplishment. But you don't strike me as someone who's going to sit back and rest (laughs) at all. So what are some of your dreams for the next five years? My next five years, I would would like to expand to other edits, salon salon studios, and other places – I do. I would like to create somewhat of a franchise of my business. Um, no, I'm not. I'm. I'm always. As soon as I accomplish one goal, I'm already thinking about the next. <laughs> um, I do want to create uh, more of a community 
in the hair salon industry here in Puerto Rico and um, expand through other countries of doing more pop-ups from hairstylists, education, continual education, which is a must-need here in Puerto Rico also. Um, I went to help bring a location, having a location where we can meet up and create bigger things in between everyone. Um, but I am focused on, right now I am focusing on education and expanding to another um, location. So is that somewhere in Puerto Rico? Um, I, I do have a place of mine in the West Coast, um, West Coast of Puerto Rico. I'm in metropolitan area. West Coast of Puerto Rico, there's not that many salons. And um, I would like to open up a small location there. That w- I guess that would be my first and then the world. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, if you ever want to pop up in Chicago, I'm your girl. And vice versa, whenever you want to come to Puerto Rico. I know. I just need to learn some Spanish. Now we'll hit the ground running. But seriously, congratulations on everything. And thank you for taking the time to talk with us and share what you've been through and what you've learned and your perspective because it is, it's raw and real. And I think that it is so relevant to today's world. So thank you for having me. Thank you. And goodbye.